Loaded Bases, episode 13. This is a long one, folks. So I'm going to get right into it. Let's do it. Loaded Bases, Jeremy Wolf. How's it going? I'm good, man. <laughs> I'm good. I, uh, I'm in Arizona. It's hot as balls right now. It hit 115 today. It feels like Dang. 113, though. So we, we, at least we got that going for us. And COVID is, is wreaking havoc on the entire state. So it is what it is. So, yeah, I know exactly uh, what you mean because I live in Yakima, Washington, and we're like the number two or number three county in the nation for COVID. We're still in phase one. We can't that's do what I, anything. That's what I thought. I thought it was New York City. And then I was like, yeah, Yakima, Washington. Yes. Definitely. Yes. And then I was like, Phoenix probably is third. And then mm, Florida. Yep. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All those places. So what do you do? What is your job title? <laughs> I want to hear. Who are you? Pretty much. Uh, Let me know. I am I'm Jeremy Wolf, Executive Director of More Than Baseball. Um, we're a nonprofit built to help minor league baseball players get housing, food, equipment, career services, financial guidance, mental health coaching, nutrition coaching, strength and conditioning coaching, things that are going to help them be better baseball players. Um, I played two years of minor league baseball at the New York Mets. Um, in 2016, 2017, was drafted in the 31st round in 2016. Um, injury ended my career in 2017, got released, went back to Texas. I went to school in San Antonio at Trinity University. Mm-hmm. It's like a small Division three liberal arts college. Um, national champions, obviously. <laughs> I, I and and uh, went back, so went back to Texas and then uh, started more than baseball. I was there just as a way to give back to the game, try mm-hmm. to build a field, try to do events, try to do clinics, try to do camps. And I, I call, I'm, my, my father's Jewish, my mother's Italian, which explains the, the hair. And I called the, 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 uh, the Federation of Baseball in Israel. And I was like, hey, I want to build a field. And they're like, do you want to play outfield on the Olympic team? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and so about, a, you know, about eight months later, well, about a couple months later, I went to Israel to get my passport mm-hmm. and get my citizenship. And then uh, eight months later or so, almost a year ago, like last week, um, we played in Bulgaria to, in the Pool B tournament. And then we went to Lithuania, finished that. Oh, yeah. And then we went to Germany to play Pool A, uh, finished top five in that, and moved on to with the Olympic qualifier in Italy. Uh, and we won that. Yes. And uh, so we qualified for the Olympics. So I then moved to Israel, because why not? And lived there for six months, came home to train for an independent baseball season, hadn't played professional baseball in two years and was like, let's play indie ball. Like, let's yeah. see what happens. Might as well. Um, and then we we're going to train for, for the Olympics in, in July, but uh, COVID hit and now I live at home. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you've done quite a bit in a short time. Yeah. Because you know, of baseball, man. Like, yeah. Gives me all, you know, it gives you all the experiences you ever want, you know? So oh, more than sure. baseball is my day job and it, and it, uh, it is, it's me giving back to the game. So hopefully the baseball gods will look kindly on me uh, and the Mets will win a World Series. That's pretty much. See, it's, it's funny that you talk about the baseball gods because uh, so my interview tomorrow is actually the author of The Baseball Gods Are Real. That, yeah, like. What's his name? Jonathan Fink. Oh, yeah. I think I've spoken to him before. I can't remember. 
Uh, I don't read books, so uh, maybe yeah. I'll listen to it one day. Worked, but I've heard it's really good. Yeah, he worked with uh, um, a Jonathan uh, Perrin. Oh, okay, sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah see, yeah. that's funny that you say that. Um, but yeah, so I, I see Jonathan Fink on Twitter all the time. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's, you know, in baseball Twitter, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting place. I'm happy that we have a voice in baseball Twitter. Yeah. Um, when, when you talk about minor league baseball, you talk about us. Yep. Uh, when it, nothing happens in minor league baseball without us. Uh, and so, you know, the, the pay rates here and then the, the cutting players here and the whatever people reach out to us and know that we're the place mm-hmm. that, that handles and takes care of all of these. Things. So how exactly did you come up with the idea for more than baseball. So I, in my first year, my first year was 2016. Uh, I'm there for, you know, a week and I was like, Hey, I need a case of bats. And they're like, okay, what do you want us to do about it? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you, you get your own equipment. And I was like, I was like, okay. Uh, it's weird. I was like, they're moving me to first base. Can you help me get a glove? And they're like, no, I was like, well, can you help me get food or anything? And they're like, no, uh <laughs> so more than baseball be, became the 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 storytelling aspect of minor league baseball was there for me mm-hmm. how can i show how, just how difficult it is not the plight of us right yeah everybody knows we don't make a lot of money but what are the what are the effects on that yep. right what is my mental health effect what is my physical health effect what are what are the issues that i go through stressful what is the stress and the lifestyle that I live because of the environment, not necessarily the low pay, mm-hmm. right? Because I would do it because I would do it for free. Yeah. And because we, we're all, there. we're all honored for the opportunity to play minor league baseball. And, yeah. and, and again, like when I have these conversations, it's of no ill will to major league baseball and mm-hmm. uh, the Mets, especially I grew up a diehard Mets fan. It was, a, it was an honor and a dream come true. That being said, more than baseball is a response to the environment of minor league baseball. It's trying to, all we do is just find solutions yeah. to problems that we see. And the problem is player development. The problem is when you sleep on an air mattress and when you eat poor food and when you that live all in an environment like this, like it field. affects your performance. Yes. And so teams go, well, you know, we do a good job with nutrition. I go, that's great. Not like, oh, that's great. What about else? No, that's great. Now let's take that idea and bring it to helping them get housing and helping them with their transportation and helping them with food and helping them with their mental health because it will help them on the field. Yep. And the difference between hitting 240 and 300 is three hits. 12 out of 50 is 240, which I know very well. And 15 out of 50 is 300. So, if I'm eating poorly, if I don't recover, if I don't sleep well, how am I expected to perform at the highest of my ability every single day for seven months? Right? And then I'm not paid in the offseason yeah. and I'm not paid in spring training. Right? So if, we, if there is a group, if there are people, if there are solutions to the problem more than just pay them more, mm-hmm. yeah, that would, to a certain point, if you get them, right now players make between $3,000 and $10,000 per year. If you pay them $15,000 a year, we're still in the same boat. If you pay them $20,000 a year, we're still in the same boat. Once we get to 28, 29, 30, close to even federal minimum wage, right? 
then we're talking about an increase in performance an increase in development without the need of a group assisting major league players major league baseball the union the mm-hmm. the orgs the players and having to bring that 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 network and the connection and the whatever solutions to the problem mm-hmm. so you you're looking at me being in this position for a long time until someone goes, you know what, let's, let's bring people in and let's make this a better environment because no, we know it'll help our bottom line and we know we're going to get more big leaguers and better talent because of it. I would say, well, yeah, because you guys have a pretty solid staff at more than baseball. I'd say, because I'm looking over this and it's a, it's a who's who. A lot of people. It's a who's who of advisors and people and, and researchers and, and, the reason people jumped on board. Yeah. We started this in March of 2018. My partner Slade Heathcott around that time was like, he had, he was a first round pick. He played for 10 years in the minor leagues, got up with Oakland in 2015 or 16 was kind of bouncing around the minor leagues a little bit and started speaking out about the things that he saw. This was around the time of the save America's pastime act, mm-hmm. which is a congressional bill that said, uh, go fuck yourself. Minor league baseball it said, <laughs> It said minor <laughs> leaguers will not receive overtime or minimum wage. And at that point I was like, there has to be a better, a better solution than this. How, there has to be a better how would that even be legal? I mean, cause you still pay taxes, but how, I do, yeah. but I'm saying like in the it's, minors. And, and, and so because we're getting into the history lesson. So yeah. the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938 says that minor league baseball players are considered seasonal interns or apprentices or apprentices to a higher, this higher position of being a major league baseball player. So back in the okay. 60s when the union was forming, mm-hmm. uh, Kurt Flood um, didn't want to get traded from the St. Louis Cardinals to the Philadelphia Phillies because the owner of the Philadelphia Phillies was uh, Philadelphia was very racist and he just didn't want to go there right yeah one of the you know he was an african-american ball player and said i have the right to deem where i want to play Mm -hmm. and so he wanted free agency and he wanted veto power and the team wouldn't give it to him because he was on a year-to-year contract and so um they were just going to give him what they thought they were going to give him Mm -hmm. he's like no i'm more valuable than this i I don't know if he was an all-star in mvp or he, he was very good um so he just does his thing and no player supported him it was pre-union oh, wow. so things were still up in the air at that time so i forgot i forgot i should probably know but uh, uh early 70s i think he's out of baseball at that time and then the union uh marvin miller and the union formed in the mid 70s so then the major league baseball players association formed and then they were because of the amount of people was power in numbers. And so they were able to leverage their power and the money and whatever in major league baseball, mm-hmm. minor league baseball never got that opportunity. And so the pay in minor league baseball has actually decreased with inflation from the 1960s until now. That's not right. So when we look at the environment, people will say shut up and dribble which i i look i understand and i understand mm. major league baseball's perspective on cutting costs yeah right? but you have these guys here for a reason when you have six thousand players in minor league baseball 10 percent of them are going to make the major leagues who are these 10 percent well they're majority first through 10th rounders so how can we ensure the best possible talent comes through and that's when we look at the personal and player development 
aspect of what we do to make it the best, to make the best player possible because of this. So if he has everything he needs off the field, he'll perform better on the field because of it. Yeah, see that, because that right there, I mean, like without you guys helping right now, I mean, who, like, who would God know? God knows what it would yeah, be like right now. Exactly. So I mean, we, yeah, we raised like $250,000 from Adam Wainwright. Daniel Murphy gave $100,000. We did a player grant program. We raised, uh, right now we're like close to $700,000 brought in for the player grant program. We were able to distribute that uh, wow. to Americans, Latins, uh, Koreans, Japanese, whoever, whoever needs it, whoever qualified based on their signing bonus, their years played, their debt, their amount of children, their whatever. Yeah. Uh, I feel incredibly honored that we now have 2,000 players in the system. And I feel incredibly fortunate for the opportunity to speak directly to all of these guys and be a place where they can go. Because when I played, there was no place I could go. Yeah. I'm not bombarded with questions every day. I'm not. Oh, yeah. But when I am, they're important. Yeah. And I'm a place where these guys can go to get a bit of relief. See, that, that, that's awesome. So when you're younger, did you always, I guess, see yourself as wanting to help people? Or what did you always want to do? <laughs> when, I, when I was uh, in the third grade, they asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? In your yeah. yearbook. And I put professional baseball player. And because that's all, everything I ever wanted. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a professional baseball player for the New York Mets. And in high school, I was overlooked. I think I had like 420. And the guy in front of me was a second round pick. And I was like, for sure, I'll get college offers and whatever. And uh, got nothing. I got Utah called like a week before the season ended. I was mm-hmm. like, hey, do you want to be a walk-on? And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't. It's not even about the scholarship. It was, I want to go somewhere that wants me, not somewhere where you're like, yeah. you'll play junior year. A few days later, I got called from a Division three school I'd never heard of before called Trinity University. My best friend on the team got called as well. And then two of our friends from a rival high school got called as well. A week later, we were playing each other in the state championship game. Two days after that, we were in Texas committing. Oh, wow. I won, I, obviously, I won the state championship game. <laughs> but... Uh, Two days later, we were committing to Trinity, and they, mm. they look at us and they go, we're going to win a national championship. And I knew that with opportunity, I would play well. Yeah. I had, this, I had the confidence to know that if I was given the opportunity, I would play well. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, like, it's also like the environment that you're in as well. Yeah. It was a bunch. Our, my, our class was like 30 players, 30 freshmen. We had a really good wow. senior class. We were really good as a school. Like they had a really good record in the conference and going to a regional every single year. And the coaching staff was like, we need to make an, like a really big push to get as much talent as we can, because this is like with this core group, we can either win, you know, in 2015 or 2016. And uh, the environment that we built there, Credits to Tim Scannell and Zach Fragosi, but like our, which our head coach and assistant coach, our culture was the most fun you could ever have on a baseball field. Freshman year was amazing. And I was lucky enough to, I, my whole career, I was lucky enough to never be injured. And I played every single game except for like three or four mm-hmm. um, because I didn't remember the signs. And, and, Tim, <laughs> was, and Tim was pissed, so he pulled me. <laughs> hey. um, Hey, that's and, a good uh, reason to sit. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I, you know, I, the best player I ever played with in high school went to Arizona state mm-hmm. and he, over four years, he got 140 at bats in my four years of playing college baseball, having the most fun possible. Granted, I'm paying for it because I was like, okay, you're going to be an idiot. <laughs> uh, I played four years. Mm. I developed as a person. I had incredible opportunities off the field. I went to a place that wanted me to go there. I played summer baseball in the Coastal Plains League in the NACBL. And because of all the experience I had during my seasons, I was able to perform well in the summers. Mm-hmm. Because of that, I was able to get drafted. And so you can look at my story and have it be an anecdote for anybody in professional baseball or anybody in yeah. professional sports to literally give it everything they have to get to a certain point. And yeah. I, I knew from when I was nine years old until, until whenever I got drafted, I knew that yeah. that was my goal. Yeah. And so helping people was your original question. Uh, I knew that with success comes notoriety and comes the ability to, if I'm good at something, people will listen. Mm-hmm. and so i knew that was I ever going to be a major leaguer that wasn't my it wasn't my goal yeah my goal was to be a professional baseball player, to be paid to play baseball and i think we take that for granted for the guys who jump around in the ball and go play in europe and you know struggle in the minor leagues i think they i think that because the payoff is so high in major league baseball we think it's a disappointment if we don't get there yeah and, and i was lucky enough to have the wherewithal to know at as a junior senior in college that my career could end at any moment. Yep. Just I know exactly it. what you mean on that one. So, so yeah. I know exactly what, like what you mean on that one. It's 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 tough like when or I guess like when you pretty much like have to make the choice, I mean like that you can't play anymore. But I mean but then you also got to like say to yourself like like do you want to continue this passion? And then, like, keep on going. And that's pretty much. So, like, for for me, my senior year, it was fall of senior year, I got hit in the face. I broke my orbital, my jaw, my nose, my uh. cheek, uh, and my eye socket. And if it was, like, it's much more broken, I, I wouldn't have played. I would have had surgery in my career. It would have been over. Right? And so uh. it was already taken away from me. And then by the grace of God, I was able to play again. Like I really, mm. like my eyes like still dilated because of it. Wow. Um, so I, I knew at that moment I, I, I had to be Jeremy, the person who happened to play baseball and not Jeremy, the baseball player, because there was a point in my life where I didn't think I'd do it again. Then I, we play our senior year. I was lucky enough to play. We get to a national championship. Mm-hmm. Incredible experience. Um, we win and I didn't think I was going to get drafted. I don't, I don't remember what I hit like 400, 400 or something, but in division three as a left-handed hitter outfielder, you don't think, you don't yeah. think. Uh, so I went about a week not knowing if I would get drafted or not. So again, not knowing if my career would continue or not, but when it's taken away from you, you know, whether or not you want it. Yep. So then I played two years of minor league baseball. My disc pops out of my back in like, you know, August of my second season. Uh, and I'm like, my career's over, right? And I was, but I was so stressed and I was so anxious and I was so nervous and I was so depressed. 
about the pressure that I put on myself to be a professional baseball player. Mm-hmm. I spent more time trying to impress other people than I did like enjoying it and just doing it for fun. Yep. And when, and that's a lot of the times that's what separates good talent from bad talent. Did I have major league quality? I could, I could always hit. Mm-hmm. Did it look pretty? No, but my numbers were always decently good. Um, but I was always worried about, well, this coach is watching and I better do well instead of just doing it well for me. Yeah. So when I got released in like October of 2017, I was relieved and I knew that like my time in baseball had come and I was done. I wasn't disappointed. Um, I look back on it and know there are things I would change, but I wasn't, I had already gone through this a few times prior. Yeah. And so like I was, I was cool with it. Yeah. I mean like, cause I'm like, I'm a very firm believer in everything happens for a reason. And also I'm not, well, Go ahead. I'm not. A, I'm not. And everything happens for a reason. Explain. I think. And over time, I've learned this more. I think we create our own opportunities. Okay. Yes. But everything okay. happens for a reason because there are things in every circumstance that that we. That's can, what I mean. That I mean, we can react and learn from. So the reason is. Yes, I can learn from this. Yeah. You it's know? either it's either a lesson or a blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like we have been successful. Myself, Simon, Rosenblum Larson, who's a, a pitcher with the race, my partner in more than baseball. Um, he's in uh, he's gonna be in high A this year. He got to the fall league like in a second year. He's a fucking stud. That was like nine wow. feet from the side, he's nasty. Uh, and Slade. And like the team of advisors and people we've built around more than baseball mm-hmm. aren't lucky. We put in the time, we put in the work and we're really diligent and smart about the things that we do. Yeah. And you know, people noticing what we do in an environment like this to not treat us as a charity. That's oh, no. incredibly important to us and a testament to the amount of work that that we do like that they do i'm a pretty face in all of this but that <laughs> like they, we put hours and hours of work into oh, i could definitely doing the things that we that. need to do yeah say so you guys have done so much in just two years and i mean there's lots more to come yeah it, it is phenomenal we have we have the biggest goals possible like we we have this mindset of there's an infinite versus finite mindset to every business, to every endeavor, to mm-hmm. everything that you do. Right. And if I, and I learned this from my failures in professional baseball, that I can't continue to compare myself yeah. and compete with other people. I have to continue. Obviously. Yes. I have to continue to compete with myself. I get that. I get the, the Gary V bullshit of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but we are successful in what we do because the competition that we, the, the motivation that we have is not who we're competing against in a space like this. It's not against major league baseball. It's with yeah. major league baseball. It's not against the union. It's with the union. It's not against the players. It's with the players. It's, it's all for uh, support and help. It's support and help, but we have the biggest goals possible. We want to build a facility for guys to, 
to go in the off season and work and live and learn in. We want to run camps and build the biggest academy in the country. We want to, um, if someone goes, help us build a field in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Well, let's go build a goddamn field in Ann Arbor, Michigan, because there are people there who want to play baseball. And I think it's our job to give people that as a place of relief and solace and use baseball to help them. Say, so, well, yeah, because your guys' mission is to protect the future of the game. Yeah. And that it's is not my, like, it's not, it's not spot on. It, it's that's the finite, the, the infinite way to look at it. Yep. There's so many things that I can do saying I'm going to enhance and protect the game of baseball because yep. it gave me every experience I could ever want. All my so, friends, all of these opportunities. So do you think that uh, with your baseball career and your mindset, do you think that you use that every day still now? Yeah. Everything baseball taught me, I, I use. Every, every, like, I struck out. Instead of throwing my helmet, how can I, from the moment I strike out to walking back to the dugout, because I don't run, because I'm not in Little League. <laughs> when I saw people run in college, we would see people run back to the dugout. I'm like, nah, bro. Like, if you struck out, walk back to the dugout. Okay? <laughs> um, but there are things that I learned in my career from the failure and from the successes that I just I put into this. Mm-hmm. I'm, as, I'm, I'm, if not more, passionate about what I do now than my career in baseball. Like and I find more enjoyment in I mean, I guess I can firmly agree with you about the I enjoy, I guess, the game more now than when I played. Yeah because of the understanding that I have now about what actually happens in baseball. I like baseball. That's it. That's the end of the sentence. No, I like baseball more now that I can make a bigger impact in the game than I could as a player. Yeah. Cause you can't tell the history of minor league baseball about us now. Yes. I mean, because you guys are the future of helping the players out. We're the present, bro. The present, <laughs> the, the present, the future, the forever. We are, uh, we, you, we are the way to think about not only how to make minor league baseball a better place, mm-hmm. but how to make development in sports a better place. How do you, okay, so let's say that I'm a minor leaguer and I need, I need help. How do I go about that? You go to our website. Okay. What's your website? Players only. Morethanbaseball.org. If we're playing. Okay. Uh, so you go to morethanbaseball.org. You go to players only. There's a whole page of what the players can do. At that, you know, you can sign up to become an ambassador. Where you'll get two hundred dollars. Uh, at at a, it, earlier on, it was two hundred dollars for equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get it through our wholesaler, whatever you want with that. Uh, now because of COVID, we're going to give guys two hundred bucks. Uh, to be an ambassador. And that means you, we send you things, you, you post them. We do a camp, you're at them. You we yeah. do things, you be part of this organization. We use you as an incubator. We, we send gifts. We, we do the things that we need to do to, um, you know, to, to help people like send product. And we, and we make yeah. sure that we bring partners in that uh, understand the environment in which they're helping support. Um, we had a player grant program for a while. 
we able to distribute over 700, close to $700,000. I think that's the number, 650000 to like $700,000 in grant money to players, wow. um, like 1,200 or so players um, based on their priority of needs. They got a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, we are building a professional development program to be able to help them get internships, uh, help them uh, find a career after baseball, help them get a master's degree, help them. Uh, help build them a resume, help do things to help support them. We're building an academy uh, where we're going to be able to hire minor league baseball players in the uh, off season to help coach, run camps, uh, coach teams uh, over the summer. If they get released, if um, they're looking for work, if we'll be able to help them with that Uh, mental health program, because players are worried about talking to their own mental health professional on their team because they're just worried about if they say something, what's going to happen with that. Yeah. Um, there's a whole culture of fear. So if I am depressed and anxious and I need psychiatric help and I need whatever, God forbid, I've, I have, I have, uh, you know, I'm a, I have addiction to, I, I, you know, pornography, alcohol, drugs. Um, am I more likely to go to an outside source that provides, better quality or even more focused quality. Am I going to go to somebody who uh, works for my team? Mm-hmm. Right. So we, we're building things to help protect players and do build things that they will use. And so all of this combined, like international development program as well, we're yeah. going to try to raise enough money over the next few years to help uh, run camps in Africa. We have a little league in Cameroon that we work with in Israel, oh, wow. where I have a bunch of connections so in, all in global. England. Where, so because of minor league baseball players, they have a, they're, they are important. They're, they're thought leaders in their environment. They're successful in their job. They are, they're people who want experiences and through baseball, we can give them, we can help them with these experiences and give other people experiences because of, of that. Yeah. What's, uh, what's the average uh, career for a player in the minors? Four and a half years. Four and a half years. So let's say you drafted at 21. Yep. Four and a half years, 25, 26. Yeah. With, and, without a college degree. Yep. And with very little money because a majority of guys signed for less than $100,000. Just because they want to play. Because that's the market. Yep. And they're making between $3,000 and $10,000 per year. And in the offseason, they drive Uber so they can afford a gym membership. And so they can no, stay in shape because they're professional elite athletes. So right now, before us, minor league baseball was seen as a detriment to your future career. Already, the people who you graduated with or were to have graduated with. Now, granted, we can talk about high school signing, you know, signing bonuses and whatever yeah. later on. But, but guys who are college, uh, either senior science who make significantly less money than junior draft picks. But junior draft picks, a majority of the time, they do not spend that money to go back to school. there's like some school money sort of thing the team provides it sometimes and they don't it depends on your signing bonus and yeah um but say you play four and a half years you're now 26 with a missing four years on your resume and so if you're trying to get a job are you going to go into a mid-level job or are you going to go into an entry-level job because you have no experience because for the last four years you gave 12 months of your life to playing professional baseball and your employer doesn't care. Yeah. Right. Wow. It, because now you live at home, you have very little money. And now what are you going to do with your life? Because your identity, everything that represented you is now gone. 
either you were ready or not. And the majority of the time guys aren't. Mm-hmm. So all of these factors are at play when I talk to Houston or Chicago or New York about how they treat their players. Treating their players is more than just getting them a mattress. Company culture is based not only on inside the locker room, but what happens to me outside the locker room. Yeah. Right. If I'm so worried about getting released because I have nothing outside of this, is that going to put more pressure on me or less? Way more pressure. Exactly. And, and then, I mean, because baseball is all like a mental sport. Well, and, it's, well, it's 90% mental and the other half is physical. Yeah. That's <laughs> It makes perfect. That is perfect math right there. Yeah. But it, 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 uh, yeah. I mean, because if you have all those stresses, then you're not going to succeed. It's easy, right? And not once have we talked about paying them more. Yeah. Right. There are so many things that we can fix just like that. And what we told, we told Chicago, we had a phone call with Chicago the other day just about what we do and who we are and why we're supporting their players and what this all is. And when you go on the website, you know enough and you want to learn more. And um, so we had a conversation with them and I go, look, we're going to come at you with everything we have mm-hmm. to ensure that your players have what they need to develop at the best of their ability. And you won't hear us one time talk about raising their wage as one of those options. Because we know there would be a waste of time because we know that you're not going to pay these guys a significant amount, uh, enough amount of money so that you don't need us. Right? It's mm-hmm. everyone's like trying to think about uh, how to make the solution better. And so, yeah, Major League Baseball said, we're going to pay them 50% more. Okay, that's great. That's a start. But it's 50% of $5,000. Yeah. Right? So you still need us because of the things that we do on and off the field, mental and physical recovery and performance that helps the system. And so when we look at the environment, the environment in this day and age is not conducive to the utmost performance of these players. It will be either with the teams or not, because I'm going to get every single guy. Yeah. Every single guy is going to sign up for more than baseball and get the things. We know that we can make a lasting impact when the teams go, do it with us. And then, boom, it's all set up already. We can do it today. Uh, well, because I wanted to know, like, I guess, like, the in-depth stuff between, like, what teams are really bad at. <laughs> See, I mean, like, I mean, well, because I'm assuming you have insight on that one. Yeah. They're all good. And they're all bad. That's Milwaukee fair. does Milwaukee does nutrition very well. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay does nutrition very well. Uh, Kansas City does mental skills very well. I've talked to a few of their, of their minor league guys, and they're, I mean, they're all pretty happy. Yeah. Uh, uh, New York does player development well. Mm-hmm. A lot of homegrown guys make it to the big leagues. They sign really well. Yes. The, Mets, the Mets get signed really well, and they develop – Consistent big leaguers homegrown, you know, uh, Conforto, who was yeah, always, yep. he was a first round, you know, but, uh, Dominic Smith was a, yeah. So I graduated high school in 2013. So I, uh, yeah. And Conforto, he was a few years ahead. Yeah. Conforto, he's from 
so he went to Oregon State, but he's from he he's from Washington. Washington. I think he's from Olympia. Yeah, something like that. Because I have a friend, Colin Strakowski, who's from like the the Triangle, I guess. I know there's that like a, name. There's too. the Tri Cities or something up there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm yeah. from uh Yak. Yeah. Well, Yakima, which is like obviously Yakima. Yeah. yeah. It's an hour north of Tri Cities. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Colin's from down there. That's Ooh, how I, I know that name. Oh, you know Colin Sikowski? Of course you know Colin, because everybody I, knows Colin. I, I've actually played, yeah, I've played against him in a summer ball, like for American Legion. Yeah. Does he have Tourette's? Yes. The, yes. <laughs> yes. We would always hear him like off the mound, and then we're just like. Because he's the most annoying guy. I hope he hears this. He just won't <laughs> shut up. He, but he's the nicest. He's the most genuinely nicest, funniest dude you'll ever be on a baseball field with. Yes. Um, yeah. He played for Hanford. Yeah. Yes, he did. Hanford. Yeah. He, uh, you know, like, God bless him. Testament to him. He's one of. He's just a good dude, hard worker. Mm-hmm. Works for the Spurs now. It's kind of. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. He's like one of the core reasons we won a national championship. Oh, he's a stud. Stud, dude. Was, was very good for us. Very, very good. Um, loved playing with him. Was a man. Wow. This small. was a small world. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. This was a small world. Every single person I've talked to, like for, I mean, like for all of these like interviews, and I've done probably about 18 plus now, it's someone knows someone who knows someone. Yeah. And then I'm just like, holy crap, like I know them. Yeah. It's, it's insane. I talked about it the other day. Like you didn't, you played college ball, yeah. right? So you know somebody, you know somebody, you know somebody who played summer oh, ball yeah. with me. Yeah. And I know somebody, I know his cousin because his cousin played indie ball. And, yeah. You know, and I, uh, I played in the NWAC, which is, I guess it's like uh, junior college, uh, Washington State, Idaho, Oregon. Uh-huh. Um and wood bat, it, it it was. I mean, I could have. I guess I had offers to go to a few D. Uh, well, I guess I mean academic offers to go to a few D threes, and and also down in uh, San Diego Mesa College. Uh-huh. I was gonna go down there, and then also Aurora University, so the D the D three up in uh, Illinois, and but I I, I decided to stay close. D three is good baseball, man. Yeah. People don't I give am, it enough credit. Yeah, I'm I'm very I mean I can't tell you like notable talent that's come out of Vision Three. Uh like Jordan Zimmerman, D three guy. Yeah. Uh Bruce Maxwell. Uh but he didn't go D one because he had a blood clot in his leg and no D one wanted him. Yeah. Um, but he was gonna go to like Alabama or something. But then he went to Birmingham Southern instead. Oh wow. Um and he got up with Oakland. He was the player that kneeled. Oh, yeah. That's Bruce Maxwell. He's a Division three guy. Yeah. D3 Lives Matter, bro. Uh, D3 Lives Matter. Then there's uh, Chris Norfia. Yep. That's I it. do. Wow. I didn't know that he was a D3. Wow. The more you know, dude. This is why, yeah. this is why you had me on. I See, yeah, because you are more than baseball. That's, uh, that's the point. <laughs> Good thing I didn't play golf. Hey, there is, golf. there is nothing more than golf. There's nothing more than golf. That's for sure. <laughs> Man. So how'd you end up in uh, Arizona? My parents lived here. Oh, really? I was born in Connecticut. Well, it's a good question, actually. I was born in Connecticut. My dad worked at ESPN, but they both went to Arizona State out here. My dad's from New York City. My mom's from, from here. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my dad was like, I don't want to get to ESPN anymore. I'm going to go to go back home to Phoenix. And he just worked at the, he's been executive producer at the, like the local TV station here for the last, you know, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I grew up here. It was the best place ever to grow up. You know, it's a baseball town. Yeah. Spring trainings here, all the yep. complexes, you know, you'll play summer ball on those complexes. Yep. I've played uh, down there before. It's, it, I've played baseball in, here in the, is uh, like, Peoria. Yeah, 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 where the Padres are, the, and the Mariners. And the Mariners, right. Um, and you know what, like, here's a real shithole, but uh, going to play in that stadium for summer ball was awesome. Like, you wanted yeah. to drive, you wanted to drive 30 minutes. Yes. To go to P. Oh, I got to go. Pe- oh, I'm going to Peoria today. I'm going to go sit in the big league dugout. Are you kidding me? Yep. Like, that's awesome. Like, like Giants, we play at Scottsdale Stadium a lot. We play at Papago Park, Phoenix Muni, where the crowds are puny. And uh, <laughs> it was a great place to grow up. Baseball here is like football in Texas, man. It's, it's real awesome. Yeah. So in, in uh, 2018, uh, like the beginning of 2018, I moved down to uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Mm-hmm. So I packed myself up here and uh drove down to florida and uh that was a total eye-opening like i guess like for baseball and sports i mean like because i've never been to a spring training game and and i would call in to work and i would go to uh spring training games (laughs) it is awesome we would we would ditch school we could drive we would ditch school go see the a's and then we're like screw it let's go see the angels or let's go see the d-backs today that's yeah yeah it uh it was really cool it's really cool to be here in spring. The weather's perfect. Like there's no better place. Oh yeah. No, place. no. Well, I mean like, cause we can't play baseball all year round up here. Yeah. It sucks. I mean, it snows in the winter. It's, it's about 9,500 degrees in the summer. I mean, oh, we got, it was 115 today. Oh, so. we got all, <laughs> we got all four seasons up here. Like it on must be nice. the east side of the state. Like, I've been west in snow. Side, it just rains. I've been in snow once. One time. Yep. One time. Just once. You're it's cold. You, you're not missing anything. No, I'm not. Snow is not. Like. Snow is not that fun. I, in Arizona, I hate what's, snow. what's cool is right now it's like a hundred and it's like a hundred. It's whatever. It's like eight o'clock. It's like hundred and ten. Uh, I know. It's fucking I'm crazy. out. It is the hottest part of the summer, right? At yeah. night, like midnight, it like cools down at like ninety four, ninety five. It's great. Uh, you drive. Two hours north. Flagstaff. Of Flagstaff. It's like yes. 85 and sunny every day. Yep. It's like Denver. Yep. Arizona's the best state, man. See, great state, 48. I love Sedona. Sedona's we went, great too. We, oh, we went up there and uh, and then it just poured rain for like half the day. So it was, I mean, it was pretty cool. I mean, like all the rain, like the Red Rock, but it was I've never, I mean, I didn't think I was going to be in Arizona when it was pouring rain. But yeah. That's what's what funny is the Super Bowl was here like three or four years ago. And uh, the FBR open, well, the waste management open. Yep. You know, the 16th hole, the famous oh, 16th hole, yeah. par three. Everyone's yelling. It's, uh, which is fucking awesome to be there. <laughs> um, it rained on the Super Bowl Sunday in Arizona. Wow. It was like on the, on the day you'd think in February, you'd think it, you know, wouldn't rain at all and then it's you know it just pours it was pouring yeah it's crazy it was funny that's how it works though i mean like if you go somewhere and it never it never rains or it's never warm it's gonna be warmer <laughs> when you go day. visit oh yeah that's that that's always like how it is 
I had I had lived in San Antonio for six years and went to school, you know, and then I came back after baseball. And uh, the I never I'd been to Houston, you know, maybe in passing, but I never like went mm-hmm. to Houston. I was like, I heard it's so miserable. Like it's middle of the summer. I heard it's so humid. You just can't be outside. Like go this to is South hot. Florida. Right. Well, I did spring oh. training in Florida. It was yeah. so I would squeeze sweat off my bats. Yes. It was so miserable. But in Houston. I, for, I think it was like maybe September and it was so wet and miserable. I could see my breath at yeah. night. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Florida, Florida was awful. Yeah. I, I had I my, did, yeah, it was terrible. And say like, cause I had my apartment in Florida set at a uh, 60 degrees, like for the AC. Yeah. Just so I can feel cold. And then, <laughs> Like in the morning time, like like in the summer, like where I as I would open my door, like the wave of just like humidity, like Terrible. you just feel it, just hit you in the face, and you can I, take your hand and like wave it in the air, and you just it, like you're cutting water. I uh, so I did extended spring training. My I, so I was in spring training in March of 2017. Tim Tebow was there. Yeah, he was actually my locker mate. No way. And. Uh, motherfucker took my spot a motherfucker took my spot yeah <laughs> I, maybe he did, like there were like three or four outfielders that stayed and extended but he went out to columbia and like the other outfielders that were down here were like that, yeah of course, <laughs> of course okay. it would happen. Um, he took why, a spot okay a spot. why okay do you think that tim tebow deserved that spot i can edit anything out man so, because so, I actually had a full on argument with a Mets fan uh-huh. that, um, that, uh, said that Tim Tebow deserved it. And I said, no, he's not because there's other minor leaguers who are actually been working for this their whole life. Doesn't mean they, he didn't deserve it. Yeah. You know, and, and but, we, I taught, we talked, like I asked him, I called him Tom for a little bit just to piss him off, but <laughs> we're sitting on the bus next to each other. And by, he's, by the way, he's the nicest guy in the world. He's oh. exactly what, how you think he'd be. He's Tim Tebow. He's fucking, he's Tim Tebow, man. He's just, he was on my spring training team. Like, he was great. And, uh, and so we're sitting on the bus. I go, why are you here? He's like, because I had, it's something I always wanted to do. And I had the opportunity to do it. And he goes, what would, what would you do? Not take an opportunity? And I was like, no, you're right. He goes, he goes, for me, he goes, the things I do are all about experiences. And he goes, this was an experience, experience I always wanted to have. Mm-hmm. And I, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity. And the Mets gave me an opportunity to be a professional baseball player. And you can talk about, if he deserved it, you can talk about, uh, he knew what he was getting himself into. Yeah. He's Tim Tebow, Heisman Trophy winner. Oh, He's Tim yeah. Tebow. Okay the media that was going to come with it. And he could have continued his job at ESPN or he said, I'm going to do something that I'm really bad at. And I'm going to see what that journey is going to do for me. And I t- testament to him, that word dude worked his ass off. His yeah. hands would be so cut up and bloody, oh, I bet. but I have one of his bats. He swung a fucking log dude. It's like a 36, 35. It's what? one of the biggest bats I've ever ever held in my life and he would just swing around like a toothpick we had oh, to teach him how to throw and slide he's, because, like, he's huge I, yeah we're sitting on the bus next to each other i'm squished against the window and he's like 
this gigantic fella. He's a really nice guy. Like, really cool. I, to- I told him this. We're sitting next to each other. We sat next to each other a couple times. And uh, I'm like, if you would have told me at 12 years old, wearing a Tim Tebow jersey and a Mets hat, I'd be sitting next to Tim Tebow being a professional baseball player for the New York Mets. I'd go, you fucking crazy. And he goes, <laughs> if you would have told me 10 years ago wearing a Tim Tebow jersey at the University of Florida that I'd be wearing uh, a New York Mets uniform, you'd call me fucking crazy. And so that's meant to him to just saying, shut the fuck up. I'm going to go play baseball. And yeah. for a point in time, had an opportunity to make the big leagues, but he got hurt. Yeah. And a little birdie told me that he was going to get pulled up. And I don't, I don't doubt that at all. You know? See, I believe the, way it the same thing. He, he, he's done actually pretty well. I mean, he's pretty ish, pretty ish. Well, but yeah, he, he had one good year. Pull it. You got your computer ready. Will you pull huh? up the numbers? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying as he is, he, he did better than a lot of people thought. Correct. And he did better than a lot of, I think his second year, he hit like 260 or 70 and was doing well, got hurt. I think his next year, he played poorly. And people go, oh, there it is. He's not good. He's hitting 190 in AAA, that whatever just, it was. That is just because he's Tim De- Tebow. If it was anyone else. If it's it, anybody else, he was going to get cut. That, that's and that's, that's the difference. Yeah. Right. I don't think he – did he take away someone's opportunity? Yes. Anytime you come into any situation, you take away an opportunity from someone else. And yeah. Michael Jordan took away someone's opportunity. There's a, there's a, there's a, Michael Jordan took away an outfield's opportunity that year. Who knows who that guy is? Could have been. Okay. Here it is. Okay. So Arizona Fall League came in about a 194. First time playing, went into the top talent in minor league baseball. Not giving an excuse, but I'm just saying nope. that's what the fall league is for. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's some absolute studs in the fall league. Studs. I've watched a few guys. I mean, like we went down to a game down there, and uh, it was just like that's the top prospect. That's the top prospect. It's every top prospect goes. Yeah. Yeah. Can't uh, Saint Lucie. They don't get. They get paid like three hundred dollars a week. So that's a whole other story. But three hundred dollars a week. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of those guys got like. You know, well, yeah, they have top 10 big, picks. Yeah, so they have picks. pretty big signing bonuses. But, but still, still, 300 yeah. bucks a week, you're a top athlete. 400, yeah. I'll pass. Uh, St. Lucie, 231 on base, 307. Slagging percentage, 356. OPS, 664. Columbia. Okay, Columbia, 220. 311 on base. OPS about the same, slugging percentage same. Double Bur- A, double A, two seventy three. That's the year. Six home runs, fourteen doubles. And how many games? Uh, we were at eighty four. Because then it got hurt. Yep. And then the next year, Triple A, one sixty three. Yep. And just and played seventy seven games, but it was just a. Damn. Yeah. yeah. See, that makes sense. That's what happens. You know, he's just like, uh, you know, who knows what it was that at, in AAA that happened. 163. The talent's really good in AAA. Maybe he needed another year in AA. 
You know, who knows I, what the Mets were intending with him? I don't know if this is valid or it's just an opinion that that the toughest level in professional baseball in the minors is double A. Yeah, I've heard that. My experience is playing with double A AA and triple A guys, they're relatively the same. Triple A guys are more older. Think mm-hmm. of it more as like a reserve for for the big leagues. Yeah. Double A is more polished talent. Or like unpolished talent. Yeah. But double A is, you know, you a lot of the best prospects go from double A to the big leagues. They don't need that. to go to triple A. Yeah. yeah. Damn. See, another small world thing. I had the conversation with the with actually well he was a t- he was an ex teammate about the whole Tim Tebow situation with opportunities for the other minor leaguers. And you were that guy that I was actually talking about. That's oh, I'm the guy that Stephen A was talking about. I'm the guy that Dan Patrick was talking about. Tim Tebow's That's coming crazy. in and taking the spot. And what's funny about all of it is I'm watching the, I hear he's going to play. Okay. My buddy texts the group. I was like, Tim Tebow going to play baseball. Let's see what the Mets do next. Didn't even think about it. He goes, let's see what the Mets do. Florida, blue and orange. Uh, you know, let's see what happens. And then he gets signed by the Mets. He's like, I told you so. Like, he goes, I just have a feeling this is the Mets thing. Like, the, the Royals aren't going to sign Tim Tebow. It's a very Mets thing. Nah. Um, and look, I like, if they brought in some, you know, double-A guy and uh, we're like, hey, you know, come in and be an outfielder, like, that's possible too. You know, mm-hmm. it didn't have to be like anybody could have come in and taken a spot. Yeah. You know, and, and Tim Tebow's good enough to compete at that level for three to four years. He's actually still like on a roster. Like he's still going now. Yeah. See, um, yeah. I mean, I actually sent a uh, email to uh, his uh, sport agent to see if I can get him on this. <laughs> well, I texted him and he didn't respond. Damn. <laughs> so that's a no-go. I can't yeah. use you. Nope. I've been trying for two years trying to get, but three years. I'm trying three years to get to him. Can't. No, that. Gave me his number. Might have been, been a dumb number. But I have his bat. He gave me a bat. <laughs> <laughs> See, that'd be so cool. I mean, like, so he swings a 36. I think it's a, it's, dude, it's, it might be like a 34, like 34. That thing is a log. A log. Insane. Yeah. That was wild, man. But like, think of the experiences, man. I get to play with Tim Tebow. See, that's yeah. I mean, if I walk into a bar, well, I can't say bar because (laughs) if I walk into a bar, if I walk into if I walk into a church and Tim Tebow's there, he'll, uh, well, he'll say hi. That's cool. I'll I'll say hi. He'll go. Oh, I remember you. That's cool, man. Like, if I look back on my experiences, I can't because nothing is handed to me. Mm-hmm. Can't be like a boo hoo. Woe is me. He took my spot. I joke about it because it's. I would gladly let Tim Tebow take my spot. That that is the best. <laughs> that is the best. Uh, it's not kind of pickup line. That's what you're talking about. It's the best pickup line. Yeah. Hey, ladies. Tim Tebow. Tim he took Tim my Tebow. spot. I've seen him make it. He took my job. Ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it, it's a uh, – no, there's, there, there's so many stories in baseball that, I mean, like I said before, like people, everyone knows everyone. Everyone knows everyone, and baseball is this unique 
it's so unique because the same things that happen in baseball, like a Tim Tebow coming in, cannot yeah. happen in basketball and certainly does not happen in football. Right. So the 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 notion that anyone has the ability to play baseball and be successful is true. Does it make baseball easier than other sports? Absolutely not. Hitting a baseball is forever the hardest thing to do in in the history of of sports. There but, is one thing that's harder, actually. What? It's uh, I think it's winning the triple crown, being a, a horse and winning the triple crown. How is that? <laughs> how is that hey. harder than hitting ninety six? And the, but the guy's got a slider and a changeup and a curveball. He's a fucking horse. Exactly. I don't buy that. <laughs> I think it's happened. You know, people hit more baseballs than horses win triple crowns. Yes, sure. Yeah. So, right. I mean, so it's actually easier to run a marathon than hit a 95 mile an hour fastball. In terms of the, the amount of skill that it takes, like athleticism. Yeah. yeah. It's easier to run a marathon than hit a baseball. Sure. I, I mean... I couldn't run a marathon, but that's I could hit a baseball. That's just motivation. But hit a baseball consistently. Consistently. Like hitting 300 uh, and Let's go baseball. three. Let's go three out of 10. Uh, I mean, if it's coming off a pitching machine going straight. Yeah, okay. But it's not. I'll get 100 if, it, if it's, it's coming straight. I'll just. It's not, it's not coming off a kid who has a hangover who, uh, you know, signed for $20,000 who, you know, is double A with the Braves. I've actually. Okay, so. Uh, down in Peoria, uh, I faced this kid. Is like, I mean, so like before, like the fastest I saw was like ninety one, ninety two, and um, and so I came in. Well, I mean, it was like the third inning, and then they brought in a new guy to pitch, and I wasn't really paying attention because I was, I I don't know what I was doing, but then. And then I stepped in the, the box and I looked up and I was like, oh, it's a new pitcher. Like, I'm just going to take the first pitch. Boom. Nice. It's like, oh my gosh. Like, that was like, okay, let's, uh, let's do this again. Cause there's no way that, I mean, he knows that he can just, just throw fastballs. So I'm like, okay, so I'm just going to swing at this pitch. Yeah. No, like the ball like, was like right about here. And then I started swinging. I was just like, oh my God. Like, and then, oh, by the way, he's going to throw a slider next pitch, and you're going to have no chance. Oh, no, dude. He threw a fastball into the middle. I swung and missed. Yeah. But baseball's hard. Yes. Baseball's <laughs> very hard. And then try being successful. You know, you fail seven times out of 10, and that's Hall of Fame good. Yes. Then dealing with the failure that comes with that. It's just hitting, playing baseball is the hardest thing to do in sports yeah you know for 10 years you know trying to hit you know you're a 280 hitter it's amazing amazing well, Michael yeah, Dyer, i take that career in a heartbeat yes right i mean there's a lot of players that i would take their career in a heartbeat dude made like 80 mil in his career too so that's not bad see yeah that's what i'm saying that's not bad at all the money's no, good. see see okay i guess like for me looking outside in um, I guess I would just be thankful for the opportunity, opportunity to get paid to play. Yeah. And that's, oh. and that's what a lot of people's arguments are that, that they're getting paid to play a game. Sure. So they're why should they complain? Well, 
we don't complain. It's all, yeah. I'm a tool. I'm, I'm like any other business. I'm any other consultant. I'm any other whoever that can work with the team to make their players better. That's what I do. Yeah. And the players use me for free. So if you can use something for free that will help you. Use it. Wh- why would you not use it because you want to do it the old fashioned way? What are you, stupid? <laughs> use the tools at your disposal that are going to make you better. Yep. If you don't need us right now, you will. And if you don't, mazel tov. Yeah, there's, there's I mean, because I've had, I guess, like these past like few months, um, I guess like with the whole, like the MLB players, yeah, like they're, they're playing again. But I mean, I mean, like I've had arguments, arguments with people about like the minor leaguers and then they have no idea that they're not playing. Yeah. They, they don't know that they don't get paid. They don't know like, like any of this stuff. And, and then, and then they say that, Oh, well, they're professional athletes. Like they get paid to play. Like, well, people don't know. It doesn't matter what exactly. people say, though. Yeah. No, what matters is what matters is, is the people within the system trying to fix the system. Yep. Myself and my team and the people within the players union, the players and also the union who are doing everything they can to support minor leaguers, everything they can. People know the problem. It's just working with the system itself to make changes. And I, and I commend those people who say, this is something we need to implement and working their tails off to make that happen. The union has done an amazing job at listening to what we, what we're saying. Do you guys work directly with them? We have a, we have a relationship with people at the union who we, who we, who we speak with, you know, and they guide us and we guide them. Yeah. We ask them questions. They ask us questions. We're assisting future union members, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's of their best interest to make sure that those minor leaguers are taken care of. So, and a lot of, let me me tell you this, a lot of, a lot of major league organizations want the best for their players. Yeah. It's whoever's signing the check has to know that there's a, there's, they're going to receive a, 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 a dividend, right? They're going to receive an outcome. Yeah. A financial outcome. Is my back. investment in my players going to give me a financial outcome on the back end? And it's my job to convince them that yes, they will. Um, so, so the mental skills staff, the front office staff, they all want it. They all want change. We know it's bad. We want to fix it. And there are people within baseball. It's not just us. There are people within baseball who really want change. So there is no minor league union. It's just once you're in the majors. No. Once you get to the 40-man roster. Right. Do you think that in some time in the future that there will be a minor league union? I'm shocked that there hasn't been one already. Right? Given the given Or if the there hasn't 40, been any talk about it. It's too difficult. Really? You can look at... We used to talk, we talked about this for a long time. Like obviously people know that that's a, a, one of the many ways to fix yeah. minor league baseball. But there's so many players in the minor exactly. league. Exactly. Exactly. And 1200 are coming in every year because of the draft. Well, they're cutting the draft to 20 rounds this year. So 20, 20 players are coming in or 1200 players are coming in. And that means players are leaving. God, so so union, unionizing takes time. And unionizing Amazon, like an Amazon workforce, well, takes I mean, time. He, and also, like for the union, you got to pay dues and all that stuff. Well, there's dues. I mean, that would be a component to it. But I mean, but, like if you're not making that much money, 
Here, here's the reason why it won't happen. Here's the reason why it won't happen. Say, and, and players have tried. They've had conversations. Just like, you know, the college football players are Northwestern. Yeah. They, they were trying to form a union because mm-hmm. there's power in numbers. There's power in collective action. Yeah. We, we on, as an organization, we, we, can't, we can't negate that as yeah. a legitimate thing. We, we have to understand that that's something that could solve it. It's just building that was a waste of time for us because more than baseball was not, it was not built for that. It was built on what can I do to help support a minor league baseball player today? Mm-hmm. If I was spending my time and energy and resources on trying to form a union, Adam Wainwright would not have given money. Daniel Murphy would not have given money. Oh yeah, no. Major league teams and players would not have listened to us. So we had to think strategically about the best way to be in this environment. You can change it from the outside and that's building a union and risking players' careers in the process. Yeah. And which I couldn't live with because there's no alternative to playing minor league baseball. This is your one shot. Yeah. So am I going to think about it selfishly and say, you need this, you know, because he can be successful in his career without that. I'm trying to make sure that he's getting one more hit a week. And that means if I was trying to build a union, I couldn't help build a field in Austin, Texas. Yeah. And I couldn't get a kid equipment in Cameroon. And I couldn't. The money would be dispersed. Because it wouldn't be for that purpose. Yeah. So you read our mission statement earlier to protect and enhance the game of baseball. My mission is to make baseball a better place. And I can do that using minor league baseball players to help teach kids. I can use minor league baseball players to build a better environment for themselves. I can teach them. I can educate them. But I can build a better place for baseball in culture, in society. I can make it important because of the work that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I know. So that's that's for shit, bro. I mean, yeah, it's – I mean, like, I guess this is, like, one one of my first – interviews for minor league players i guess to help them and it just they don't need help no Let me tell you they, what they're not vic- they're not victims no, they need support they need they need the system to be to to help yeah they need help yeah, system to help support it. them but they need the culture in those locker rooms, in those, in the clubhouses, in from the front office down, they need the opportunity to be able to focus solely on the opportunity in front of them. I guess, yeah, I guess not help. It's not the right word. We're not a charity. We we're a nonprofit. Like yeah, yeah we're a charity, right? <laughs> but we're not. We're not the ASPCA. Yeah, These dude, our dogs are trying to raise five dollars a day for. I cannot watch those those like commercials. Yeah, we're not that. And so like marketing teams always come to us and like let's help make you a commercial. It's like we have some ideas yeah. and they're all sending me ASPCA. I'm like that's not us. How can we show that baseball is important? How can we show that baseball is valuable? And if you love baseball, you love more than baseball and that is what makes us successful. And I love more than baseball. I love you, man. Yeah. <laughs> and we just met. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it's a, uh, no, like I want to help you guys. Sure. sure. I want to do what I can. We want people to help by all means. 
Just talk to more about, honestly, here's how you can help. Here's what you can do. It's like, it's like with, uh, if the average the, person wants to help, if the average person wants to help, go talk to a minor leaguer and see what he needs. You can post about everything you want. There's times, you know, we see that every day people are posting information. What are you doing actively to make your, the environment around you better? You can talk to minor leaguers and tell their story and show that they're people and not just numbers or uh, articles. I guess, and that is actually what I'm doing with my podcast. That's, that's, so you are serving a purpose in this. You are changing people's perceptions. I don't know how many people listen to your podcast. Frankly, I, I don't care. I it's, am over 350 downloads. Mazel tov. We're Mazel doing tov. good. Yeah. And two weeks. It's, not, it's not about that. Nope. It's you're giving minor league baseball players, you're giving me a platform to tell your audience. I want, I want all of you guys to have a voice. And so you're doing it. It's like with, it's like with all of this black lives matter stuff. Like, like I can, we can post a black square, right? But what am I doing to help the people around me understand what African-Americans, what African-Americans in this country go through? What am I doing to help people understand what African-Americans in baseball go through? What am I doing to help the environment around me make, you know, they're less than, I think it's like 7% of major league baseball is, is African-American. And and there are less and less and less African American ballplayers playing baseball. Why? Yeah. Because it's expensive. Opportunity. opportunity, and their fields are inadequate. And 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 I have an opportunity with more than baseball to make baseball important to somebody who loves baseball. Right? Baseball does not see skin color. Right? No, no. The it's game pretty... itself doesn't care. So give everybody the opportunity to play if they want to play. It's a pretty fair game once you step on that field. Every, I mean, there is all... 100%. Yeah. A bad hop is not going to care what color skin you are. No, a bad hop doesn't care who you are. It's coming at you. It, it, it's all about allowing as many people as possible to play the game. It's like... Like, yes, we're trying to be global with baseball. We want as many people to play baseball as possible because baseball is awesome. Yeah. That's it. That's all we do. And I want minor leaguers who were in my shoes or, you know, to, to know that they can use baseball as a positive in their life and career. Oh, yeah. I mean, because you can – okay, so let me share this with you. Okay, so my, my mission statement on my website. Which is what, by the way? Uh, loadedbasespodcast.com. Okay. And my, bless you. My, my mission statement, if this loads, it should load. Uh, actually, I think I have it written down on my whiteboard. I don't have it written Let down. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Go ahead. You should know your mission statement by heart. Okay, well, I do. Okay, I do. I do. It's uh, Loaded Bases will publish in produce content to show that there is more to baseball than just a slowing a slow boring afternoon at the ballpark uh the mentality of a baseball player will live deep within them for the rest of their lives and let's go and let's see how close i am (laughs) the loaded bases podcast will produce and publish content that informs the audience that there is more to the game of baseball and just a slow-moving, boring afternoon at the ballpark. Loaded bases will educate that there's a very in-depth background behind the scenes to the players that are on the field. 
the mentality of a baseball player will always live deep within and stay with them for the rest of your lives. That was pretty, wow. I was, I was, I was actually pretty close. Uh, I hope so. You wrote it. I would hope, I would hope. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if, if it needs it, I think it's good. I think that's good. You're right. I mean, it's loaded bases. It's broad. Loaded bases will tell the story of professional baseball players. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's what we do. We have a, we have a, everybody's got a podcast. We have a podcast. It's called the grind. Everyone should go listen. (laughs) Uh, Where we talk to minor leaguers about their journey in professional baseball and what they learned and the grind is real opportunities and the grind, the grind is real. It was going to be called post game spread, but I wanted people to take it more seriously. See, (laughs) see, I don't know, like coming up with, an idea for something like this it was uh i mean it took me i guess a week to come up with a good name and then it was uh i don't know i didn't sleep the past two months because i just wanted to create this thing Mm -hmm. and just blow it up and sure let people know that there's problems that need to be solved Using baseball. Yeah. I mean, because baseball goes hand in hand with business and marketing and baseball goes with music. Baseball goes with everything. Do you know Luke Melms who runs baseball and business? No. Look him up. Yeah. That podcast is about baseball and business. Ooh. What about marketing? Do you, what, what is the mark? Like, do you want to, do you want to talk about our marketing strategy? Uh, I look, I got, we've been talking for 90 minutes. I got, I got nowhere to go. <laughs> oh shit. I didn't even know like what time it was. I'm surprised it's slow recording. Yeah. You pay for it. Don't you? No. I don't know, man. We uh, might have to do this all over again. I don't think, well, it says recording. It does. So well, you're going to edit this out, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like that we could make pretty much two two podcasts in this one. You can do whatever you want. I don't think I've said anything egregious. Nah, just that you've seen Pete Alonso naked. That's it. That's that. That is true. (laughs) And Jeff McNeil. Hey, that too. He's a dude. That dude race. That's that. That dude's a stud too. He is such a good hitter. Always has been. He yeah. was rehabbing down with us and hit like three home runs in a day and has this like, have you seen his bats? Yeah. Cuts the knob off. Oh my God, dude. Fascinating. Yeah. One of the coolest dudes. There is a, I was actually, uh, so, so my first job, I was a bat boy uh, for uh, the Yakima Bears. They were a sh- short, short season single A for the Diamondbacks. Oh, I didn't know that. That's so cool. Yeah. So, and then they actually got, uh, they moved to uh, Hillsborough. So they're the Hillsborough Hops. The Hillsborough Hops. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So my first job, I was the bat boy for them for three years, I think from when I was like 13 till I was like 16. Mm. And I would always be on the, uh, I guess, on the away teams side. What big leaguers came through? Uh, see, I remember, uh, Wade Miley. Ooh. Uh, who else? Russell Wilson. He played for the Tri Cities Dust Devils. Cool. 
Cool. The Russell Wilson for the Seahawks. Um, Colin Cowgill. Uh, Stud. There was a game where I was uh, I was well I was like, on the other side, and so that his first at bat bomb home run, and then his next at bat bomb home run, and then the coach asked me because he was like, "We can't get him out, so what should we uh, throw him?" And I'm like, "Uh, let's uh, let's go on off speed because he's been just nailing home runs off fastballs." Boom, home run off a <laughs> so it was it was a. Uh, He's, he's and then one he, of the and few, then he got called out the next day. Nice, dude. He's one of the few righty hitter, lefty throwers. Yeah. Him, Cody Ross, Randy Johnson, Ryan Ludwig. I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, uh, Pedro Strope. He was a well. He he's was a pitcher. A, yeah. That was Randy Johnson. Well, Pedro Strope threw right hand. Let me check. No, oh, no, he did, oh. did throw left hand. Yeah. No, pa- no, Pedro Strips are righty, but I'm saying he came. I watched him in Yakima. Oh, th- you, okay, three. Yeah, 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 because there's Spokane Indians, sort of the short. I played there. For... I, I played at that field. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. We did our regional in Spokane. Yeah. Oh wow, well, yeah. It's a. Uh... Yeah, no, there's, there's the Rangers. Something. That's the Rangers, like short season A, isn't it? I'm pretty who. The Rangers, no, the Rangers are in. Um... Where's Gonzaga? No, the Texas Rangers short, short season is Tri Cities, because that's who Russell Wilson played for. That's who Russell Wilson played for. Okay. We Gon- played whatever is in Spokane. Gonzaga we in Spokane. is in uh, Spokane. Yeah. Spokane. Yeah, yeah. And Spokane. yeah, and they're and they're a D one. Well, but they don't have but yeah. yeah. yeah baseball, they don't have football. Correct. Boise State, who is they, Boise State does not have baseball. Weren't they, wasn't somebody petitioning to put a baseball team there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been talked for a while. Like them and then uh, Eastern Washington University, they, they don't have baseball either. There's good baseball up there, up yeah. in the Northwest. I have a friend from Montana. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Who, yeah, uh, no, there's, there's, I mean, I guess, like, no one really talks about, like, baseball in, in the Northwest. No. It's just like a nobody. I mean, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Nobody talks about the Northwest. Yeah, I mean, unless you're from up here, then it's like, oh, the Northwest, and then they're like, oh, it's so pretty up there. It's like it's so pretty. It rains. Is that it's it? cold. It's like, but it's funny because it only rains here twice a year. So, that's like the like two two times, like two days out of the year on the east side of the state. Yeah. So why is it so dry? Because we're in the middle of a desert. That's true, me too. Yeah. See, this is a, it's all sagebrush out here. And, well, sagebrush. And then about 30 minutes west is the Cascade Mountains. And then you go more east and just farm fields and like. I played in Casper, Wyoming for a summer. Oh, wow. It was gorgeous. Yeah. I've, I've actually played in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Not gorgeous. No. That place I mean, sucks. Yeah, I, I think anywhere in Wyoming. I mean, if it's baseball wise, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't pick going to Wyoming to go play baseball, but I'd pick going to Wyoming to go vacation. Yeah. Well I mean like because I hunt, so I would love oh, to go nice. hunt in Wyoming. I wanna I wanna in Arizona. <laughs> I would love to go hunting down there. 
I want to shoot an elk and I want to keep the meat for like, you can keep a whole elk will feed you for like a year. Right. Yeah. Right? Something like that. Yeah. Dude. It's great. You live. Okay. So in Northern, I've never, held a gun. I've never held a gun though. So I probably in, go hunting. in Northern Arizona, you guys, I have always wanted to go hunt down in Northern Arizona, Northern New Mexico. Yeah. Dude, they have, got, it's great. Um, big bulls down there. Bulls bulls that's what a male elk is a bull oh really so you got a bull and then a cow yeah which is the female elk dude does elk taste good elk's amazing man dude i've had a, like a deer like a deer elk. stick before it was freshly made it was unreal it was one of the best things i've ever eaten in my life oh yeah do we have we have all that like up here it's just like a normal yeah we don't eat anything that down here nobody does that yeah no we're yeah, dude, you should go get, you should go, uh, just go buy some elk. Fuck it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you don't want to put your work in for it, you can do it. I do. I would, I would, I would go hunting. I think, let's see. I have, Shooting. I actually have a buddy that's in uh, Phoenix that he hunts and he actually, um, so he's from, he's from up here, but he's working down in Phoenix mm-hmm. and then he has wanted to actually, I think he got drawn for a tag for northern arizona for it's like register to be a- uh yeah i mean like because you got to do like your your hunter safety uh-huh. you gotta well then your license and then you gotta buy your tags or i mean or if you want like special permits you gotta put money in for those and then in, then you gotta get drawn for them mm, okay yeah it's a whole it's a whole process but yeah, dude. This is, this is this is your your audience is gonna love learning about. Yeah, see, no, this uh, elk be, license in Arizona. This will be this will be cut out. This is this will be in the outtakes on Patreon. This is, <laughs> this is me educating you on hunting. This is true. This, I'm uh, educating. Did we did we fill out all your notes? Yeah, uh, I think we cover everything. Yeah. Pretty much covered everything and then some, and then some. This is like insane. It's the least I could do, dude. You give me the platform, I give you content. Yeah, because we're gonna have to talk again so I can get like the marketing side. Let's do it right now. What do you want to know? You want to do it? What do you What do you want? What's What's marketing you want to know about it? Uh, I I guess marketing in college. Ooh, yeah. See, I'm (laughs) I am going to college for that. Good. Yeah, because I don't have a college degree. So I decided to do it now. Good for you. Thank you. You know what? You're safe. I don't know how much debt you got, but you probably got less than me. So. Uh, actually, so, okay. So this is also the reason why I chose to go to a junior college. It's because I could get my baseball paid for. Yep. And uh, I grew up with just my mom. So single parent and she was unemployed. So, and so we got grants and then, uh, my mom would actually turn off my phone. And if I wanted it back, I'd have fill out three scholarships a week. So I did that. And then, yeah, so I, I've had zero debt for college, yep. which I didn't know what I wanted to do. So thank God. Good for you. So, you're better. Look, let me tell you something. You're better off than a lot of people. And yeah, I'm, how old are you? I'm uh, just turned 26. I'm 26 too. And you have $120,000 less of student loan debt than I do. Wow. So 
you can think of college as like opening doors and closing doors, but like, again, you make your own opportunity. It's yeah. It's that's what I tell people. I mean, I say that like, I mean, college isn't right for everyone, but if you go just for the experience, make sure that you're wanting to pay for that experience. Yeah, it's an investment. It's an investment in your future. Like, so I lived in Israel and, and in Israel, you graduate high school, you go three years in the army and then you go get a job or you go to university because they educate you in the army. And so college here is, it's deemed mandatory. And when it's deemed mandatory, everybody's on a level playing field because no one is special. So now everyone's yeah. going to have to go get master's degrees. And then once everybody has a master's degree, everyone's going to have to get another degree and another degree and it never ends. Yeah. But people don't care. Employers don't care. I certainly don't. I'm, I can't, I'm an employer. I, I employ a guy, right? Yeah. We, have an inter- we have an intern. But when I check resume, when I look at, I don't care about resume. Yeah. I care about the work you've done, the work you want to do, and your interest in what you do, or your interest in working with me. Mm-hmm. I don't, care, oh, about, yeah. I don't no. care about anything else. I, I mean, I have, I guess, I've, let's see. So like for my dream job, back in the day. So I always wanted to work for like the forest service uh-huh. because I could be in the mountains all day and just drive around sure. cause that's all they did. And then, um, I guess then I had to make the choice of going to school for baseball or going to, I guess just not playing, but of course I'm going to chase my dreams and play baseball. So then, so when baseball ended, uh, it was the end of my sophomore year. Um, I didn't know what to do. Like I moved back home and what did I do? I worked at UPS and I, I mean, I worked 28 hours a week, didn't do anything. And it was just, it was just very, I mean, I had no idea like what I wanted to do. And then I got this. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, I was 21. Uh, I was 21. So then the company I work for now, it was kind of, I guess the job was like handed over because they needed someone. And then uh, I ran a chainsaw and cut, uh, I guess I cut glue lambs and eye joists like for houses. Uh, and then I realized I did not want to work outside my whole life. So, and I didn't have a college degree. So I had to figure out some way to maneuver like myself into a desk job. So then I moved to Florida knowing that I could get experience down there and transfer, um, I guess like within the same company. So then I worked, uh, directly like with like the sales guys and I learned from them and then also like the inventory, uh, stuff down there. And then, cause they went to a, uh, to like a handheld gun system, like for inventory. And then I up here, I already knew all about it. And then down in Florida, I knew that they were going to that. So I was their guy for that. And then I knew that I could move up that way. And then I moved back to Yakima a year later. And then, um, cause I got wind of there might be a job opening. And then I moved back knowing that there, that there was the opportunity. And then I put in for it and there was like 80 plus people who applied for it. And for some crazy reason, I got it. So yeah, it, it, and then now I, I love numbers because I just, <laughs> I just like relate them to baseball sure. and I mean, cause baseball's all numbers. I mean, cause you, you don't need to see anything. You just need to look at numbers and stats. 
Yeah. And that's how, and then the marketing part, I mean, I like, I used, I used, I used to like buy and sell like sports memorabilia, well, baseball memorabilia. And I just liked that whole, like the marketing it and it was, it was fun. Marketing from, from doing this and just from just the, just the daily grind of showing people the value and what I have to bring. Yeah. And like everybody. So like I have to sell it to players, right? Yeah. How can I show players really quickly that they can get value from it? How can I show a team they can get value from it? How can I show a sponsor that they can get value at it? Nay, how can I show someone really quickly what we do, have them get the full aspect of it, and then them be able to tell people what we do? Yeah. I can't get in front of everybody, but I can get in front of people who can get in from another person. Yeah. And to me, that's the essence of selling an idea very well. And then people talk to me and go, this guy's incredibly passionate about what he does. And they're incredibly yeah. successful with what they do. Or you talk to Slade and Simon and they'll tell you the same thing. This would, it would go on nine. It would go on for nine hours. It'd be like a Joe Rogan marathon podcast. Damn. Yeah. You know, with me and him. I need, I need to get that. But like, yeah, you're like, see, here's the thing. Like you're hustling, right? Like oh, dude, you funny. have this podcast, you have this idea, you want to blow it up. You want to make it this big thing. I send a hundred messages out a day. How many responses Just, you get? Uh, roughly like, I mean, probably like six or seven. Okay. I'm um, well, six or seven out of a hundred. And every response is one more week to the podcast. And that's yeah. six or seven more. So get, to get to 52. You have oh, a whole years worth of podcast. I am actually at, uh, I have 52 people who have agreed. So there you that's go. A, that's a whole year. Yeah. And and you got your microphone and that helps. A setup does help. It helps aesthetically. Do I have, I mean, I turned this whole room that I have into a studio. Is it your office? Uh, what's well, well, like a spare bedroom, kind of. Oh, okay. I decided this crazy idea, and now it's just, yeah. I mean. You, you can make money from a podcast. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, like, but I'm not trying to, like, make money, though. Yeah. I'm just doing it, I guess, like, for the love of the game and also to, I guess, to, like to educate the non, I guess, I mean, the, the lay, I guess the average, or I guess the lay to, people. Yeah. I mean, I guess to like educate the average baseball fan that there's more than just, oh yeah, no, like, like so-and-so uh, blew the game. It's like, okay, well, yeah, they blew the game, but there's a lot more things going on than just that one at bat. Yeah. You have the freedom that I don't have to talk about any anything. I'm a little I'm a little restricted with what I can and can't. I, I'm pretty free with what I ask players, mm -hmm. but there are times when I'm restricted to where I, there's something I want to talk about, and because of you know if we put it out and uh, you know yeah. a sponsor hears it or something like that, you have the freedom to like sit and get to know these guys. Yeah. You know, and, and not everybody, and look, I'm sure you understand by now, not everybody's a good interview. Yes. Right? Is, and so not everybody's going to go an I've, hour and I've 45. had pretty good. I mean, yeah. and say, because mine have been pro like an average 20 minutes to 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I mean, what like, happens. But then there's some people like where I could just like, I could talk and talk and talk. And then, I mean, because it's the response that I get back and like the... 
I guess like the personality that I get back from it and like just feed off it. It's just, yeah. I mean, like I could probably talk, sit, sit talk to you for like four hours. Well, I'm hungry. Yeah. So well, that's not going to happen. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, I will tell you. So like when you DM minor leaguers, like DM them and tell them that Slade's going to do it. And then I did it more than baseball. It's more than baseball approved. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm on your website right now. Oh, you are. Uh, I'm gonna give you some. Yeah, give you some thoughts. I will take them. I'll take anything. Loaded bases. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Home plate. Great. Bio. Awesome. Check them out. Great. You got the things on top. You make this with Squarespace. Correct. I can tell. It's gonna be Apple Podcast. Gonna be Spotify. Stream your pod being great. I haven't watched this video. Let me look at it real quick. What field is that? Uh, that's Cela Washington. That's our high school and American Legion field. I grew up playing there. This is cool. Yeah, that was at like five thirty in the morning. It was, yeah, dope. It was fun. Uh, let's see, mission statement. Okay. Well, and then like the blog part under there, I haven't done anything since. Here's those. the bio. It doesn't say your name. Correct, because I don't really really want it. Oh, I guess it doesn't say my name. It doesn't say your name, but then if it, then say we. Because uh, I want to know who who it is I'm listening to or watching. Oh, just me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, but like you can say we, like in a business like like this. And, and like, I like how I don't know it's just a podcast, right? It could be all content. It could yeah. be, it could be well, honestly yeah. like, honestly like. That was my thought. Listen to a media channel. That Any was a player who wants to build a podcast that was you. exactly my thought with just loaded bases because you can do like loaded bases media like loaded bases podcast you can do i mean it's a simple thing very baseball related but also loaded bases is any term like you can use loaded bases in any aspect um momentum so do you know the guys at momentum yeah 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 so uh my first episode was with uh, alec palmer he, so he's their uh, head of or their director of marketing and he was one of the first guys that I like reached out with. Do you want to introduce us? Yeah. 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 I can do that. I love that. And then routine, if, if that's possible, routine as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. They actually, they're Washington. Yeah. So is baseballism is Washington too, right? Uh, baseballism routines out of Kansas city. Oh, okay. Uh, baseballism. They're, they're, I think they're Portland. Here, here's uh here's what I'll tell you. Yep. from my just expert advice being in this space and being in media and whatever um the how to help yeah the turn it into more of like how can this how can how can how can your assistance help help this grow okay. uh and and we don't say we say donate sometimes i would set up a patreon account okay i i would my my honest advice to you is set up a patreon account okay because people are more inclined to give with that if they know, cause you're not a nonprofit. So donation yeah. is based on a nonprofit. You are someone who wants people to value the content in which you produce for them. Okay. And so right now when you don't have sponsors, the only way to do that is for, for patrons to, um, yeah. to support your podcast. So I would say I would turn that donate into a Patreon and set up a Patreon account. Okay. Because it's basically the same website. Hi, you know, uh, this is, this is who I am. This is what I do. Here's my intro video. 
here's a little bit about me. Um, and for $2 a month, it allows me to do this. For $4 a month, it allows me to do this. For $10 a month, it allows me to do this and you get access to, you know? So go find Patreons of like people who you like and support. Like I have a Patreon, you can Google me. I don't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. You can look it up, but like, like I, my podcast isn't uh, at a place. Like I don't have a YouTube channel. Like I don't do any of that shit. Yeah. But um, I just set it up to see like what it was like and if it was worth pursuing based on like the work that I do, someone interested in helping support me and my, like a GoFundMe does that too. Yeah. Um, so like if this is something you want to do full time, yeah, Patreon's I, the way, have... to, the Patreon's the way to do that. Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess, I guess, like where I work, like we have really good benefits, like really good everything. Okay, good for you. So, I have health insurance. Yeah. I mean, I, I pay a hundred and a hundred bucks a month, like for full coverage, like for health insurance, dental Through vision. Work? Yeah. So, so yeah. So that's why, like, I mean, I mean, like, I know I'm not going to do it like for the rest of my life because I want to, I do want to pursue this industry, but just like right now, that's a, that's why. Put, I mean, puts the pays. I mean, decent. I mean, it's not. I mean, I'm out. Make money, and you have no debt. All the money's yours. Yeah. So, so like, what do you? What do you? you no, know, I mean, like, I envy well, yeah, that. You may have, envy. You may envy me. I'm going to the Olympics. You may envy. You may, hell yeah, dude. You may envy that. I envy your freedom. I mean, you're married, so maybe not. But I envy that you no, I mean, have the freedom to know that the money you earn is yours. Yeah, I mean, well, like you said, married. But it's it's, 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 <laughs> it's uh, ours. No, we we have a house. Um, she's a vascular tech, so she works at the hospital here. So she's busy, and then going to school full time. Um, yeah, we're just. I mean, enjoy it, man. I mean, you got all the freedom in the world. Yeah, we just try. I mean, she's a smart one with money. I'm the. I lived, pit. Well, I guess in South Florida, like when I lived there, I was single and I lived paycheck to paycheck but it was only because i didn't eat much when i was there because i wanted to spend my money going out and doing other things nice there it is yeah well i mean like what are you gonna do you're 24 you're 23 yeah Yeah, i was yeah i was yeah i was 23 and i mean i bought uh season tickets to the the marlins okay that's cool and i I mean mean, those are cheap let's be honest you're not spending real money i spent like 450 bucks for a year of season tickets that's pretty good. I went to 46 games and for 400 bucks, you went to 46 games. Yeah. And that's really good. And then I got the cheap seats, but no one went. So I went close and, sure. and, I, w- and I would sit on the away team side to see all the good, good. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and then, uh, for t- 2018 for the very first game of the season. Uh, so the Cubs were there and I'm, I'm a Cubs fan. Sorry so, <laughs> so I, uh, so I, bought to sit right behind home play like second row for opening day and the first pitch ian hat boom bomb home run and i was just like this is the coolest thing in the world and then i like and then i turned like left and there's like i mean there was like celebrities there and i'm just like this this is not this is not me but I only paid 300 bucks for this. This yeah. is awesome. But yeah. Wait, I, I envy that, man. You're, all the money you have is yours. You're, you know, it, 
you have freedom but it's but it's not i mean yeah like it's nice but i don't know like it's nice but i would rather actually i don't know what i would rather be doing i think i like where i'm at but i just want to i guess i'd never want to set like i never want to settle my i guess my voice and platform i just want to help out and i'm always wanting i guess to help help out by uh talking to more players yeah that's what. making content and make telling stories you you like that's what we're doing and there's again like there's no limit on who tells stories i'll tell you what though look up chase darnell okay and look up the journeyman series okay and i would model that can do that and i would dm chase and I would tell him, I would get him on the podcast and I would get him on the podcast as soon as possible because okay. that dude is the fucking man. He's on our board of directors. He's, he's a good friend of mine that. now. He's a, uh, he's the man. So give a chat, have a chat with him and yeah. Slade. Anybody, any of the players you see, we work with, shoot him a DM and tell him, you know, I'm more than baseball approved. <laughs> uh, we'd love to have a conversation with you about, um, so yeah. that stuff. All that they just got to do is open up the DM and see it. That's true too. Yeah. That's part of the issue. Do, on your personal Instagram or like your loaded bases Instagram? Uh, My personal Instagram, but I, I mean like, but I send them all out on Twitter. That's how, right. I mean, I mean, that's the better way to reach people. I feel. Twitter. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah, they all work. LinkedIn. Yeah. If you want to talk to like front office people, LinkedIn's the way to go. Oh, wait. Do, you a, do you have a LinkedIn? Dude, hold, hold on, hold on. Let, let me show you of how like dedicated I am to this. What is that? Yeah. Let me put in my headphones real quick. So, I took an Adderall one night and I printed off every single MLB team's front office off of MLB.com, every single, every person. And I highlight them as they send them uh, connections on uh, LinkedIn. For what purpose? Just so they see me and just so they're Do you want a job or are you wanting them on the podcast? Well, this is before my podcast idea. So, uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess I, I don't know. And then like, as I send the connection, I just say, um, I think, I think, I think I said like aspiring to work in the baseball industry, like that's it. And then, I mean, if they approve it, they approve it. If they don't, they don't. And it doesn't hurt my feelings. But then again, I mean, but then if they approve it, then I can see like what they do and just how they are. Here's what I have for you. Here's a thought. Yep. You do a hundred podcasts. Okay. Okay. hundred podcasts, but two years worth every week, every Wednesday for oh, yeah. two years. Okay. You post the shit out of it. You cut it up. You know, you post a highlight on a Tuesday. You post a podcast on a Wednesday, a highlight yeah. on a Thursday. Honestly, with the amount of time and content you can have from this, you can post seven days a week. Okay. Like Gary Vee, he does that shit seven days a week. He has people no, jobs, I have, yeah, exactly. I have, other stuff to do uh yeah but with every podcast you can have five pieces of content 
Okay. Oh yeah. You post the, sh- you post it on Instagram, you post it on Twitter, you post it on a Facebook page and you post it on LinkedIn within two years, you're going to be on momentum or barstool or someone will pick you up. If that, it doesn't have to be your goal or not. I'm just saying yeah. like, I, th- I mean, if you want to tell the story, then use that as the, but that would be pretty, pretty cool to work for barstool sports. That would be like if your podcast picked up by them. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That would be well, honestly like, Oh, cause I, I listen to starting nine, like every Tuesday. Like that's like, yeah. Jerry so, Carabas and Dallas Braden. Those Dallas guys are Braden, yeah. funnier shit. Um, but yeah, like it's possible. Like that loaded basis sign that can say powered by some sunflower seed company, baseballism powered by yeah. momentum power, you know, presented by whoever. I mean, you know. cause I don't, I guess like, cause I don't do it for money. Like, I mean, no, I know that. Yeah. Well for like, so, and then, cool. uh, I just released an episode on the fifth with, uh, Randall Thompson. He's the founder of, uh, dugout mugs. Oh, I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just sent me a mug today with my logo. So that was, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, hell yeah. Like this is sick. And then momentum, they sent me, I guess this hat and a backpack and cool sure and just yeah and i mean it's just it's awesome like must be doing a good job <laughs> i hope I'll, so. uh, you I know what i'll so. do well we're building a shopify i'll send you a, a code when uh, that's all up Dude, do it stuff for like 40 percent off yeah hell yeah oh yeah then I, oh yeah then i got it i got a code for you if you want to dug up mug i don't i don't though maybe i do maybe I do. You if say. you do if, if you do i got a code for you all of these guys that are like my friends right now i only interview my friends i haven't done dry emails i'm just finding people that i that i want to talk to and it and it gives me like the ability to like mm. I, I talked to my friend Corey baker before this uh we play on team israel together and we're, we weren't we weren't super close do you do you are you close with uh, alex katz yeah very Dude, I yeah. want to talk to him. My boy. Talk to him. Send him a DM. But like send him a DM and go like, I just said Jeremy Wolf on. And then he would definitely, he would definitely do it. Yeah. Cause I want to talk about his like cleats. Like the, he Fucking does, like, so dope. So yeah. sick. See, Logan like, Morrison just made us cleats. He, Logan Morrison made cleats and put our logo on it. Oh really? Which is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. See like, cause he played up in Seattle. And oh, I he did. Pl- yeah. He got, he got, came Ooh. up in Seattle. Lomo. Then he went to, I came up in Florida. I can't remember actually. He went to the Rays. He played for the Marlins for a bit, didn't he? Yeah, he or, did. Um, he did. He did. He found, yeah. And he was in Minnesota. What fun places. You play for the Marlins, the Mariners, and Twins. Ugh. Ugh. And the Rays. Ugh. Try getting the playoffs, bro. One time. Get good the playoffs luck. one time. Yeah, now good he's in Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee. He's in Milwaukee. They'll be good. Yeah. If there's a season this year. I mean, not if they can beat the Cubs, though. Like, see, that's the that's thing. I'll take the Brewers over the Cubs this year. Dude. I'll take the Brewers over the Cubs this year. You want to put a bet on it? Yeah. All right, I'll put a bet on it. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> if, uh, if, if the Cubs have a better record than the Brewers, okay. I will have you on our podcast. Ooh. If uh, the Brewers have a better record than the Cubs, okay. Um, how how big uh, is your? I guess 
how big is your guys' audience? I guess like for the podcast. Same as yours. But by or, the time that is true. the season rolls around. True. I'm down. Like, here's the thing. So I have like I have six to do. Ty Kelly's is going up tomorrow. Um Ty Kelly's is going up tomorrow. We got a couple, like Matt Perret, uh, a couple different guys. Uh, and then I'm going to text like the big leaguers I know. I wanted enough out there. And then I was going to be like, Ian Kinsler, do you want to do it? Like Danny Valencia, yeah. do you want to do it? Uh, you know. Well, yeah, because I did not know that Danny Valencia is uh, Jewish. Neither did he. No, I'm just kidding. He was bar mitzvah. But oh, uh, I was like, uh, yeah, he's, no. dude, he's the fucking. Uh, so yeah, in my in my podcast tomorrow that I'm releasing. Um, oh yeah. Cause I guess I talk about like, like I didn't realize how many Jewish baseball players there are like, and that be, cause like, I mean, cause me, I mean, like I said, like to come, I guess coming into this, like, I mean, I knew, I thought I knew a lot, but now it's just like, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, like every single culture should be embraced in baseball. And it's and that's why I love and that's why baseball should for sure be in the in the Olympics, not just the, yeah, and not just the WBC. I wholeheartedly agree with you. So and that's why like I'd say because when Israel like made it and like I'm I'm just like this that's amazing. It would, is amazing. Yeah, it really is. Cool. And now and now you're. I'm here. Yeah. See. In the, <laughs> I got my uh, in. But yeah, uh, if the Brewers have a better record than the Cubs, um, you got to send me a loaded baseball, loaded bases hat. You're gonna have hats by then. I want a loaded bases hat. I can do that. I can send you stickers, hats, shirt, whatever. I want stickers, hat, a shirt. I want all that stuff. Okay, deal. That's yeah. That's a that that's fair trade. Do me uh do me a favor too. Yeah. yeah. Look up bases CRM. Okay. They're a CRM company, uh, does marketing, run by a guy named Tom Cronin, who's a just graduated college like two months ago. Okay. The fucking man. Uh, I would reach out to him. You know, he does marketing in baseball. Yeah. And he can start reaching out to. There are going to be opportunities to talk to people in baseball that maybe he would know or just maybe network or whatever. But follow him on LinkedIn and. Okay, uh, and be stay in touch with him because he's uh, he's helping us and he's helping a lot of people within baseball kind of grow their network. Okay, yeah, no, I marketing I'm, and I'm so. all, I'm all for helping. And so, with that being said, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're welcome. Enjoy your evening. It was a pleasure getting to know you and speaking with you. And if yeah, you for sure. Anything, if if more than baseball can be of service, if if uh you know by all means you're making baseball a better place so that's uh that's great with me awesome well stay in touch we got it thank you bro appreciate it yep okay. awesome <laughs> thanks man appreciate thanks. it hey take care big thank you to jeremy wolf and from the time of this episode he has helped me out lots so go check out more than baseball.org as always, a huge thank you to Routine Baseball for many of the apparel I wear throughout the episodes. Routine Baseball has got me covered. They started out of a basement producing tees, and now they're shipping apparel and accessories all across the globe. It's always nice when one of those uh, 
routine baseball packages show up at your front door. That's it for this one. Go Cubs. Postseason is next week.